0: I want to say hi to Kim and Kevin, all the people up in Life Church Midcoast and Bath. We love you guys. We are one church doing this together. We love you guys, and it's just great to be with you. So you got your sermon guide. Hopefully you will keep that out. Will you read the top scripture with me? Number one, let's read this aloud together. Let love be your greatest aim. That was about six of you. Let's go ahead and read that aloud together. Let love be your greatest aim. Well, if love is to be our greatest aim, obviously we haven't arrived. If it's something you're shooting for, you're not there yet. Can we agree with that? We need to keep shooting for it because when you see biblically what love is, uh, it's challenging. Love requires giving. Love requires serving. Love requires forgiving. It's hard. And occasionally it's hard for all of us, but it's good to be around loving people you know, just, just people who are a little bit ahead of you in the game and they've been at it longer and they're more loving. And one of the people we talk about a lot because she is just such an example of, of Christianity and of, of loving is Granny Nicely. Grammy, You guys know Grammy Nicely. So loving, so giving. Well, actually, kind of an interesting thing, you know, she's been widowed for a while, single, and she went on a date lately, just not so long ago. She talked to me after the date, and she said, Pastor Brian, she says, I was shocked. She said, I had to slap the guy three times. I said, Grammy, you're kidding. I said, he was that fresh. She said, oh, I wish. I thought he was dead. <laughs> that didn't actually happen. That's a joke. Um, but at least I woke you up. So at least you guys are with me now. Um We need to grow in love. And if we're going to truly uh, walk in love, we need to grow in God's love. And number two, would you write this down? We love because God first loved us. Write that down. We love, and all of the love that we share in our relationships, whether it's between us and our children, marriage, every relationship, not just between us and God, but the love we share with people, we're drawing on a different source than the people of this world We're drawing on Christ himself. And we love because God first loved us. You see that letter B, that that scripture, it says exactly that. Look at the first scripture there, letter A. We know and rely on the love that God has for us. Is God's love that tangible that you can rely on it? When I think of something that I'm relying on, it's something that I can actually lean on. Is God's love that practical, that tangible that you can lean on it? Friends, I pray for you that if you haven't had that experience with Christ yet, just hang around here. Just open your heart to Christ because there is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ that is that practical and that tangible. It puts love into your heart, and it's a love. It isn't a feeling, but it absolutely affects your feelings, and it's a love that you can draw from. It provides strength and it's a love that you can draw from, and it it enables you to keep loving people. And as I was preparing this message, I heard there was a song playing in the background that I had never heard before. I just started noticing some of the lyrics to the song, and it's a song comparing uh, God's love, what what it feels like to be in God's love, to love in this world. It's an older audio adrenaline song, and on the left here is the that verse to it, and it's just, you know, human love. This is what it feels like to lose control. This is what it feels like to be left alone. I don't know if you've ever felt like you've been lonely or left alone. This is what it feels like to lose a friend, and this is what it feels like to reach the end. I don't know if I've ever felt quite that dark, but sometimes artists have interesting ways of putting things into words, and just humanly speaking, I think we've all, though, felt a little bit down. We have all been in places where things weren't working out so well, And then he describes his experience with the love of God. And this is the part that I just so resonated with. God came down and walked beside me. God came down. He sent friends to guide me, which is why we're all gonna be in a life group, right? He does. He sends good people to help us. God came down to remind me. Would you read these last few lines with me? This is what it feels like to be loved. Read that again. This is what it feels like to be loved. There is a love in God that we can experience. Yes, it will affect your feelings. And this is what it feels like. And in the song, I just kind of repeat that line. And it just so resonated with my heart because there is a love and we need to get on that side of the equation because if we're not drawing from that love, the love of God, we all are going to run short because we all... Humanly speaking, if we're just tapping into our humanness, we all occasionally get crabby. We all occasionally run out of love. We run out of gas and we get irritable. Has anybody been crabby this past week? If you were crabby one time, just Pat, raise your hand. How many of you are crabby today? <laughs> it happens, gang. It happens to us all because humanly speaking, we have a pretty small tank and we run out, but we have to learn to rely on the love that God has for us. That's what the Word of God says, and this is what it feels like. And would you write this down, number two, or number three, rather, I'm sorry, because if we don't, if we don't start drawing on that love, it can't work. Life can't work. Our relationships won't work because love can't work between two drowning victims. Would you write that down, two drowning victims? Just that picture, because you've all heard this before, That you need to be careful, even if you're not an incredibly strong swimmer, you have to get a flotational device just to help somebody who's drowning because they can't help it. When somebody's going under, they're going to pull you under. They can't help it. And I think there's a picture there. If we had time, I could show you many scriptures that just paint a picture of life in this world, apart from Christ in this world, that treading water is a pretty good picture of it. You're never quite secure. You're never quite sound. There's just hardships. There's waves that hit you in this world. And apart from getting connected with Christ, we're all a little bit unstable. And we've all been here. And what's, what's it like when you're a little bit unstable and your heart isn't really solid in God's love? And you're not drawing on that tank. You're not drawing on God's love. You're just drawing on your own. We all admitted we can get irritable. We run short. I know in even my own life, in, in the high and lofty position that I am in, surely Pastor Brian never has those moments, right? But I do. I'm just like you. I have that time where my love is out, and when your love is out, and you're, you're kind of going under a little bit, just the smallest little things. I mean, I remember, it was just last week, and I don't know why, what was going on in my head, but Raquel just asked me to wash my hands and it tweaked my brain. I got crabby because she asked me to wash my hands. I'm like, oh, what's wrong with my hands? And um, I got over it relatively quickly. But nonetheless, it's just the point. It, usually, relationship problems, we think it's us. You know, well, there's just problems between us. I think about 90% of the time, it's more, there's just something in me. I, if I'm not stable, I'm not secure. It's not so much there's something between us, but when I'm in that spot, just the smallest little thing gets misinterpreted. And once you add misinterpretation on top of misinterpretation, it just spirals into something. And the bottom line, if that's your situation, you're not going to make it. Do you know what we call this? Well, worldly speaking, we call that a stable marriage right there (laughs) in the world. Because in this world, apart from Christ, that's the best you're going to get is a floaty. But who knows that in this world, there's some waves coming, aren't there? Yeah, there's some waves coming and no matter how big your floaty is, it's not going to be enough. That's why the love of God is something otherworldly. It provides a supply of love that this world can't give you that isn't human. And the Bible is perfectly clear that in Christ, we have been adopted, we've been translated, is another word the Bible uses, translated From this into his kingdom. We're already in his kingdom. Now we're physically still here on this earth with all the waves, but spiritually speaking, we've already been translated into his family through Christ. We're already secure in Christ. And the picture that you need to get, because this is the picture of stability in Christ that we get, is God has translated us into his kingdom, the Queen Mary. Isn't that, that's just a, I think that's just a good mental picture of drawing on the love tank that God supplies for you. Because from that position, yes, we're still in this world, which is unstable, but from that position, you're pretty solid, right? When you're on the Queen Mary, you can help, right? You're not so concerned that you are going under. I know lots of people who've gone on cruises that are scared of the water. They don't even like to swim, but they're not afraid to get on that huge, humongous boat. Why? Because there's a stability and there's a security. They're they're no longer afraid of the water. Friends, that's what happens to us in Christ, and but we have to see it only really affects us when we see it that way, because here's the truth. You can have said yes to Jesus, but still in your mind, be very insecure and very unstable. Put it this way. You can be very unaware of what Christ has actually done in you. I can testify. It was only a few years ago that I really started seeing a few things correctly and it's amazing once, once I saw that correctly in Christ, how much stability that added to my heart and I no longer was just pulled under by a little tug because we're all gonna get tugged on. If you're married, you're gonna get tugged on occasionally. And if all you've got's a floaty, you're going under. Look at the scripture under uh, number three there, letter A under number three. The Bible says this, since he's speaking of God, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Let's read that aloud together. Read that scripture aloud. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he, give us, won't he also give us everything else? Sorry, I can't read well, but won't he also give us everything else? What God is saying in this verse is we have his love proven out to the point, uh, to the point of realizing that he's given his life for us. So we have his love proven to the farthest point, And he's asking us to realize that it makes no sense to think that, okay, I have God's love proven out to here. He's gonna give his life for me to ensure my complete eternal security, but things back behind that, things much smaller, he's not going to supply for me. Yeah, okay, God's given his life for me, but things fall apart in my life. Okay, God's given his life for me, but I'm probably gonna die alone. Okay, God's given his life for me. He's proven his love out here, but nobody really cares for me. Sometimes it's amazing those sentences or those feelings still go through our heart and mind, but they don't fit together if you're seeing clearly. When you're seeing what God has done, when you're seeing the love he has for you, when you're seeing what he has accomplished for you and in you through Christ Jesus, you realize that God has, who has spared not his own son will also, that scripture says, will also give us, everybody say Everything. Say everything, everything Everything else. What sense does it make to not have confidence that everything else, everything else works out? And what's the big deal of of understanding that? Well, once you understand that, I can testify in my life that this was probably one of the chief scriptures that helped me get it. When I was just meditating on that and I saw that, that everything else works out. That provides a stability in your own heart that you start realizing, okay, I'm stable, I'm secure, I can start helping now because real love involves you helping. Real love involves you giving. Real love involves you sacrificing on occasion. That's what real love does. And let me say it this way. If you don't feel like you're giving more, whatever the relationship, if you don't feel like you're giving more, you're probably not really loving because real love is giving. That's what it does. And Christ has provided that security. Look at that scripture one final time, and we're going to move on. 3A Romans 8:32. 30, Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Here's the revelation from that. Because of Christ, this thing called life works out for me. Because of Christ, I come out okay. Because of Christ, I'm secure. Everybody say I'm secure say, I'm secure. I'm eternally secure. Eternally secure. That provides a basis, that provides a foundation of the love of God from which we can give, we can help, and we can reach out. Number four, write this down. We are sharing God's love. In all of these relationships that we're in, Again, it's the love of God that we're sharing. It's the love of God. It's not just gonna be human effort. It's God's love. I wanna read these three scriptures relatively quickly that are under number four. And just pointing out that when you see love from God's perspective, love has nothing to do with it being reciprocated. First of all, God talking to husbands, letter A under number four. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Notice, when he's talking to husbands, it has nothing to do with whether or not your love is being reciprocated. He compares it to the love of Christ. Aren't you thankful that Jesus didn't wait for us to get our love right first and us to reciprocate before he came down? He gave his love to us. He gave his life for us when we were spitting on him, when we were crucifying him. And that's the love he calls a husband to. Well, how about wives? Letter B, Sarah obeyed her husband, Abraham, and called him her master. This is one of Raquel's favorite scriptures, by the way. She loves this one. I just love to quote it to her. It always works well for me when I quote this scripture at home. I never have understood why this, you know. Anyways, it's right there in the Bible, for heaven's sake. Anyway, let's move on. Sarah obeyed her husband, Abraham, called him her master. You are her daughters. Now he's speaking to wives. You are her daughters when you do what is Right without fear of what your husbands might do. Once again, it's the exact same thing in reverse, really. So now speaking to wives, he's saying, quit keeping score. Quit saying, okay, I'll do this, but it depends on what they do. That's human love. Human love, there's always a scorekeeping system with human love, and it's always based on, okay, I'll give maybe twice, maybe three times, but now I'm three ahead. They haven't stepped up, I'm out. That is not the way it works. Letter C, probably throughout the whole series is the best description of God's love, probably in the whole Bible. Love your enemies, letter C. Now we've talked about husbands and wives. Now he's talking about enemies. We are onto a new category, right? Yes? Everybody say yes. Okay, we're on a new category now. Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them, now notice this, without expecting to be repaid. Love is always, God's love is, is always that way. He didn't come down to earth to give his life for us expecting repayment. Yes, obviously he was expecting his his people that would respond to him. And here's the reality, that when we sow love and continue to give love, it does come back to us. You do reap what you sow, but we're not on a scorekeeping system. I'll say it again. I said it early, I'll say it again. If you don't feel like you're the one giving more, you're not loving. Because real love always is giving. It's what it is. Now, again, that may not be true. You may not be giving more, but you will feel that way. You will feel that way because that's the way love is. Love is sacrificial. Love is serving. Love your enemies. Look at the scripture again. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then, then, that's a, that's a, a big line to cross, but then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. For He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. And sooner or later in your relationships, you're going to be in relationship with somebody who's unthankful. You're going to be in relationship with somebody who's maybe a little bit naughty, right? And the love of God is so profound, it enables you to keep giving. Again, human love always has a scorekeeping system, but what about in those situations where there really is a right and a wrong. I mean, and there is. There is actual wrongs being, being done, you know, to people. The love of God has an ability to go to a place that humanly it's even hard to understand. This last category, I'm just going to show you God's love in people's lives. And this last category is even a challenge for us to understand, much less to live out. And I'm not saying I'm there, but I just want you to see it. I want you to see God's love in a human life and just how far it will go with others, uh, number five. Write this down. We love because God has a plan. Because God has a plan, and I just want to show you three examples. If we had more time, I could take you through script. the Psalms are absolutely full of these. But God wants us to see that He has a plan for our lives, and He wants us to see ourselves in His hand, responding to Him in such a way that it enables us to keep loving and keep forgiving people far beyond what's humanly possible. How many are comfortable with this phrase? You'd say this, God is my source. Would you say that? God is my source, God is my supply. We would all feel comfortable with that, right? Well, there's a backside of that that most Christians never get. If God is my source and God is my supply, when there's a shortage, where should I go to? To God. Where should I do my, I'll even go so far as to say this, where should I do my complaining to? to God. Scripturally that is accurate and you see that throughout the Bible. I just want you to look at a couple examples of people who actually are being wronged. How about letter A, Jesus being crucified? Jesus said, "Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing." What gave Jesus the ability to keep loving, forgiving, being merciful even to the people who are driving nails in his hands because he didn't, he was looking beyond the human. He was looking to God. He saw himself in God's hands to such a degree that he recognized that even this that is happening to me, this is part of God's plan. And since he saw God's hand, that enabled him to be merciful to people. Now you'd be tempted to say, okay, well that's Jesus. You know, he's kind of out of our league. Eh, Maybe accurately so. But friends, this is throughout the Bible. Look at the second example. Here's Joseph, years later, after his brothers have sold him into slavery, the only reason they sold him to slavery is because they found out they could make money on him. They were going to kill him, but then they found out they could make money on him. How many would say that you've maybe had your brothers and sisters have done some rotten things, but they haven't been that rotten, right? I mean, you talk about relationship trouble. You talk about some family problems. But here's Joseph speaking to his brothers years later. Letter B, talking to his brothers says, don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here. Just stop right there. God sent me here? So it was God who threw him in a pit? It was God who sold him into slavery? That's what Joseph is saying. He's, he's saying the reason Joseph could be so merciful to his brothers, forgiving, I'm just showing you there is the, the love of God is so deep and it's so wide. And if you'll truly get caught up in it, it will take you to a place where where you just have an ability, you, you have so much of God's grace in you to keep on forgiving. I'm not suggesting that there's not a time humanly where you can't stay in close contact with another human being who continues to do damage. I'm not suggesting that. But the love of God will enable you to keep loving. Sometimes that has to be a little bit of a distance, but to keep loving and to keep forgiving, it just goes so much farther than human love goes. Joseph had love for his brothers. He didn't want his brothers to feel guilty and feel condemned. Joseph knew what it was. We all know what it is to feel guilty. He didn't want his brothers to live in that trap. He loved them so much, he didn't want them living under a burden of guilt. In fact, another scripture paints the picture that um, after his, their father died, uh, the brothers sent message to him that, that you know, the father didn't want him to come against them. And the bottom line was Joseph realized, and this was even later after this, Joseph realized that his brothers still don't think that I've forgiven them. Joseph realized that his brothers are still nervous that I'm gonna take vengeance against them. My brothers still think I hate them. And the Bible says Joseph wept. Think about that. He just just found out that his brothers still don't think, they're still not secure in my love for them. They still don't know that I love them. And he wept. That's how he felt. He was so concerned about their well-being. How in the world do you get there? How do you get to that spot where you have that much love on your heart for people who've tried to kill you? How does that happen? Friends, that's God's love. That's not human. That's God's love. And how you get there is exactly, until you have the same, the, the same philosophy of life that Jesus and Joseph and David and others did, look, if you see the scripture. He said, God sent me here. See yourself in God's hands. And maybe some of those percussions that you have taken, maybe God needed to move you a little bit. And sometimes relational percussions, if you will, kind of move us. And when you see yourself in God's hands, it just enables you to keep loving and keep forgiving. Look at the final scripture there, letter C. This is David. David was obviously having some relational issues. Letter C, David says this, he's talking to God, saying, God, please stop striking me. I am exhausted by the blows from your hand. Speaking to God. Here's an interesting question. Why would David say that? Was God striking him? Well, that's what David was saying. Why would David say that? Number one, I have a better question though. Because David said lots of things that aren't in the Bible. The better question is, why did God choose to record that in the scripture? That's a better question. Because God wanted us to see that. He wanted to see a person who had so grown in their faith that even on the backside, even on the dark side, they were able to go to God with it. Here's a reality. Humanly speaking, the Bible says that we are clay pots. And what happens when you start raging against a clay pot? When you get angry, somebody wrongs you, and you start slamming back. Now, I'm not talking about physically, but you understand. You start fighting, going at it. What happens when you rage against a clay pot? Will you break clay, right? And as you're smashing those clay pots, what happens to you? You get cut in the process, Right? And when you take out, when, you, when there's a love deficit and you don't feel like you're getting what you should, I'm not saying yes, of course you, you go and you talk to people. Of course you do everything you can. But there comes to a point, there, there, it gets to a point where all you're doing is you're continuing to go back and you're just kind of venting anger. You just keep trying to correct them and you just keep, you've already said it. Now you're going back for the 20th time to try to fix that same thing. You need to learn this. You need to go to God. If God's my supply and there's a shortage, well, I'm going to go to my supply. Complain to him. Ask him why he's allowing this. Here's what you'll discover. To your amazement, it is completely counterintuitive because your head say, well, it's really not God's fault. Go to God, complain to him. What you're going to find out is rather than hitting a clay pot, you're punching the world's largest pillow. He's got really broad shoulders. See, that person can't take it. He can And when you wear yourself out Beating on God You'll finally fall asleep on his pillow And you'll wake up with an amazing thing Every time you go to God You can't go to him Even when you're angry Without coming away With a little bit more clarity I've done this I have complained Why did you allow this? And you rage for a while And you come out Maybe not that moment But a day, a week later All of a sudden Ah, there's clarity okay, here's what's going on. You start seeing your part of the equation. You start seeing where you're wrong. You start seeing some things. And yes, God just shows you. God may even show you, Brian, I wanted to use you over here. You needed this, this, for Joseph, this situation put him in a completely different spot. And it was, God did have something for, for him to do. Is it entirely possible God has things for us to do? And God moves us sometimes through relationships. He does, even negative situations. God moves us. And when you see yourself in God's hand, it enables you to keep loving. Because if we're gonna be the people that God wants us to be, we're gonna have to keep loving. Everybody say, keep loving. Keep loving. Keep Keep forgiving. The love of God just keeps on giving, keeps on forgiving. That's what we're tapped into. That's what we're plugged into. You see those examples in the scripture, that's what we're shooting for, is walking in the love of God. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute? Friends, I know with an audience of this side, I'm talking to some people in here today that you believe in God, you know he's out there, but you have yet to surrender your life to him. You you can't get just one leg on the Queen Mary. You're, You're all in or you're out. And there is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He calls you into a wholehearted relationship with God. He wants your everything. He gave everything for you and he wants your everything. And usually we hold out for fear, we fear that I'm gonna lose my fun. Now make no mistake, saying yes to Christ, he will cut off sinful things in your life. And maybe some of those things you are enjoying at this moment, but the fact is he always makes your life better. Always. But he's asking for your all. If you're here and you recognize, I want that love. I want to live in Christ. I wanna give my all to him nobody's looking around but if that's you just raise your hand right there where you're seated saying that's me I want to say yes to him I want to give my all to him praise God several hands that are lifted let's just all repeat this prayer so they wouldn't be embarrassed let's just all just say this out loud say Lord Jesus thank you for your sacrifice for me you gave your all for me on that cross and Lord I give my all to you Lord take my life fill me with your spirit and use me for your purposes. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to pray for all of you right now. Let's just pray for just a minute. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name, but throughout this series on relationships, God, we want to grow. But we're not going to grow if we don't start plugging into a new source. And Lord, your love enables us to keep giving, keep going, keep forgiving, quit taking score. God, we want to end up like Joseph that even people who have harmed us, we love them. God, give us that love, your love. Open our hearts to it. It's in us. It's in us by your spirit. May we walk that out. And through this series, may we grow in that love. We pray that in Jesus' name. Everybody says?